Invest in your home. Dave Ramsey here for Low Country Contractors. Now's a great time to enhance your home with that new dream kitchen, bath, or addition. I trust Low Country Contractors. They've been voted Best Home Improvement and Remodeling Contractor by Mount Pleasant Magazine, voted Top Remodeler in South Carolina by Remodeling Magazine, and they have a 98% customer satisfaction rating from Guild Quality. Folks, this is a no-brainer. Visit LowCountryContractors.com. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and I'm going to start off by reading a short statement from Sean Cahill. The foundation has been laid for an enduring, meaningful official and public study of not only the history of, but current reality and future study of UAP. The stigma and decades of obfuscation are cracking. The way ahead is up to all of us. We have an empty map to fill in together. Wise words from Sean Cahill, and I'd like to welcome to this very special breaking news report, task force report pod, Dan. Dan, you are right. I'm great. That was a bit of a tongue twister, wasn't it? UAP task force report pod. Yeah. I, I, listen, this is what happens when myself and Dan have not discussed it and gone straight into recording, and we're just going to literally share thoughts on this breaking news pod. We discussed whether or not we were going to do this a few weeks ago and potentially give it a day or two, let the dust settle. I'm traveling tomorrow, so can't record. We're going to record this fresh off the back of the, the report dropping. So we'll get initial thoughts. We've seen some reaction online. And as we go into this, I'm expecting maybe some more to happen over the weekend, directly or indirectly. And then we'll, we'll probably try and record again in a few days for a, a more reasoned and sensible report after having had a few days to look at it. But Dan, 180 days have passed. Your countdown is finished. Your watch has ended, I believe was a Game of Thrones thing that people said <laughs> for a long time. Um, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but what what your initial thoughts then on what's just landed? To be honest, it's exactly what I expected. I think the key thing, uh, or one of the the obvious things to me, is that Appendix B has included the uh, the Senate report language, um, or the request language, sorry. And right there is bullet pointed every single thing that was asked for, and they've pretty much touched on most of it. Um, I don't think they touched on the FBI. Um, they mentioned they were having a few issues getting data from certain places, but they have done exactly what is requested of them. And like Sean said, now this is up to us to build this road. What I like is you didn't do what you usually do when it's Skinwalker Ranch uh, reviews and you go, I really like it. You were honest where you went, it's what you expected. It's what I expected. And I think it's what I can't say most or all, or, but some of us did expect and hope for this level of report because realistically, and I'll, I'll say what I said off air, Dan, that now this is real this isn't hype this isn't you know people's hopes this is literally what was done and like you say and you mentioned this a few weeks ago on one of the pods Dan that the language of the initial request was really important because that's what was going to be delivered this wasn't a report that was going to set out here are the aliens, here are the bodies, here's where they're from, here's all the cover-ups. It was never, ever going to happen. And I hope throughout the podcast, as we have been doing the last couple of months, that people have at least had that expectation set from us that don't be expecting that. Because like you said, Dan, the language of the request, that's not what was set out. And I think they've delivered the best that we probably could have hoped for, short of having some pictures thrown in there potentially or some cases thrown in. But 
I imagine there's some maybe some juicier stuff like that in the classified section, but we're not going to find that out right now necessarily. The important thing is is that the people in the right places are finding that out. This is just the public facing report. And it, yeah, you know, it's like there are no pictures of alien bodies in there and stuff like that. But exactly like we were talking about, there never was going to be. Uh, they, a UAPTF is kind of a descendant of ATIF. Um, and they didn't get a special access designation. So they didn't have access to those dark corners that we think all of this material is uh, is housed in. Um, and like Sean said now, we, we, we actually have an avenue to, to go about shedding some light on this. For me, it's, it's a very exciting moment. And again, th- this report wasn't requested by UFO Twitter or UFO community or the social media community. This was for Congress, and we have been privy to a declassified part section of the report. We've got to see something, okay, which is not saying we have to be grateful for that by any means, okay, because it's a long road ahead and it's been a very, very long road behind. But this was always going to be that that first important step. And I was on Danny Silva's Twitter space earlier, and I made the point of saying, for anyone who, who wasn't on it, um, and it was a good chat, there was a lot of really good people in there as well, that the task force report we should see as a win, that it was even even commissioned. Now that it's been published, whatever it said, let's take it as a win and move forward, because what comes next is where the mainstream will get involved, and to what degree we have a part to play in that, and that's everyone involved on social media or talking to friends and family about it you know if you're not on social media sharing materials like podcasts magazines youtube channels links to to newspapers all that kind of stuff because the one percent like us who are involved in this subject we're already vest have a vested interest in this now it's the time where people are going to sit up and take notice because what this report has done as we'll get to is highlight that the the u.s government who have put all this together are admitting they aren't entirely sure what some of this is. That's that's what they're coming out and saying. And for just for the press alone, they will jump all over that from an intelligence point of view because the very basic questions will be, why can't you tell us what this is? Why don't you know what this is with, a, with trillions of dollars in defence budget? Why can't you say for certain what's flying about? That's enough to to really get some big questions asked and some probably some awkward questions at some of these upcoming briefings as well. Dan, definitely the the White House was um, briefed today, so they would have seen this classified section. And of these, what we're talking, one hundred and forty four different reports from military aviators studied between tw- two thousand four and twenty twenty one. The majority in the last two years, eighty involving multiple sensors. So we're not talking, you know, just one dude seeing lights. We're talking the radar systems are picking them up. We know these radar systems are linked throughout the fleet. So it's not just the pilots seeing these. We could technically say that, you know, hundreds of people have witnessed these things through all these sensor systems. Um, they were even, they specified 18 that had, uh, well, basically exhibited one of the five observables. Um, and that's the point in the report where, they kind of get to a point where they, they talk about the five categories that they're sorting all of the cases into. And one of those categories is other. 
now this is the the, the category that the community would be interested in. And there was a line yes. in that paragraph that was super, super interesting. It said, we would group such objects in this category pending scientific advances that allowed us to better understand them. That's echoes of statements from the past. That's echoes of rumors that they, you, you know, they kind of know a bit more and they put it on the shelf. And then every now and then they bring it down and they start kind of taking a look at this issue again because science has advanced enough to kind of tackle it. I don't think people should be disappointed with this report at all. If anything, this is them lighting the beacon for Gondor and saying, everybody who wants to tackle this, let's go. Let's do this. We want to apply AI to it. We want to widen the scope. We want, what, what are they? What are the words? The UAP collection strategy, the UAP R&D technical roadmap, and a UAP program plan. I hope those things are in the classified section specified. And I hope someone like Marco Rubio starts talking about those things soon so we, we kind of get an idea of what they are. I don't think it's unfair to say there's a reasonable level of humbleness in this, that it's quite self-admonishing in the sense of we don't know what this is. And even looking at some of the lines to do with the, the limited amount of high-quality reporting on UAP, so they're not saying they're the, oh, what we've got is rubbish, but what they're saying is, do you know what? What we do have, it's not a lot. And that's that's not to say that something's not zipped by a pilot and there's nothing been recorded, but what can you take from that? What they're saying is they've got some stuff, but they would really, really like more. They want more. They're encouraging. So you're the Ryan Graves who are still out there flying now, your Alex Dietrichs who might be 19 or 20 or 21 taking their first flights, your Commander David Favors who aren't even there yet, who are just about to take their first flights in there, people who are on submarines under the oceans, people who are on Navy carriers out at sea, are now seeing this and going, oh, they want us to talk about this. So all this stuff that is getting seen and not discussed, they're literally saying they want to start hearing this properly. This is where you could really could get the data flying in. And if like Lou Elizondo was on interviews saying that these things are happening as recently as yesterday, last week, they're constantly happening. There's a lot of data out there. That's not to say that in a short time, potentially, you could see like the, the news on Fox or CNN or, you know, let's just say the BBC or Sky News in the UK, that reports yesterday that a Royal Navy f freight had an, you know, uh, an intercept with a UAP. That's where you could potentially get to with this kind of stuff when they're really encouraging the military to talk about it. I used the UK as an example. That's probably bad. It's, it, no, it's a great so example. So far behind. Did you see in the news yesterday about Russia firing at a British ship? I, I saw that they said they had, and then the British said they hadn't. I mean, it's the perfect example for me. If these things were Russian, if these things were Chinese, you know, they're arguing over whether they fired a warning shot or if it was an exercise. Nothing there is exhibiting anomalous, crazy movements of technology that's, you know, almost... 100 to 1,000 years advanced. If those things were a foreign adversary, one, they would be in the foreign adversary bucket at the UAPTF, and two, we would hear about these incidents. I think another takeaway from this, folks, is that this could have shut the conversation down. People who are looking at it and reading it saying, it's tucking it away is some of the language I've seen or it's playing it down or it's whitewashing it. I really don't see that. And that's not me just being hopeful. I would have happily come out and said if I was disappointed in this, but go back and listen to any number of the podcasts from the last six months. This is what I've been saying we were going to get. The only thing I think 
I mentioned at any point that would really tip the balance for me is language that was like non-human intelligence, but it was unlikely we were going to get that. But like you say, we got that section, and this is something else I called four months ago, other, and it's just that that we're not sure, and that's what they're admitting throughout this report. Um, they mention there's, they've, and they've got to, and let's go on to the part where, Dan, you mentioned some skeptics might enjoy certain aspects of the terminology and parts of this report. And I'm I'm all for that they've had to include that there are some trackings and readings within some of these cases that we don't see here that will be in the classified section that could be as prosaic as birds or balloons. And that's fine because that kind of stuff does happen. Not every sighting is a UAP, but not every sighting is a bird or a balloon. That's You've got to understand there's two sides to that as well. So it's the stuff here they're talking about where they've got multiple different systems picking up X, Y, Z and another and they still can't work out what it is. Why with that budget and those systems can they not work this stuff out? And that's the questions are going to start getting asked by the mainstream and that's going to pull more people from the mainstream to have an interest in this as well. Um, what other parts of the report were you particularly keen on, Dan? Oh, actually, sorry, let's talk about that sceptical part first if you want. Yeah, for sure. So there's a, a part at the beginning uh, that just says assumptions. Uh, it says various forms of sensors that register UAP generally operate correctly and capture enough real data to allow initial assessment. Um, that being there is an assumption to me that that is the first thing that someone like MechWest is going to hook on. And it's a shame because this report and you you used a phrase earlier, which I think is precisely correct. This report is real life. This is how things look in real life. There's no sensational, you know, you're not on a debunker team and you're not on a, I believe it's aliens team. We're all in the middle together. And anyone going to those extremes, uh, they, they're all, you, you know, I don't want to lump experiences into that. Um, but those extremes aren't useful we need to process the gray area and that's exactly what these guys are doing and like you say and, and we talked about this is what real life looks like now what you've seen or expected what you've seen in a movie or a tv show or read in a book or watching a documentary or or talked about i heard myself and dan talk about what this might look like this is real life and this is what that next step however small or big it appears to you looks like and we really should get on board with it and carry on the conversation because this is something to be proud of but you're only as good as your last big win and we now have to move past because like it or not the UAP task force report dropped publicly over an hour ago so where are we in 24 hours where are we in 48 hours where are we in 48 weeks that's that's a big part of the conversation for me that you don't want to be looking back and anytime really and going yeah but the report said already for me the report's done it's, it's come out, so it's how we move forward from it. How happy you are with it is absolutely your right to be upset, excited, disappointment, overjoyed, nonplussed, indifferent. Maybe you want time to digest it. But for me, it's a really good point to go, we can move on from it. And if it was a graph of how things are going, I think the graph took a little uptick in that as well. Um, so I think there's enough within that early piece 
especially the the under I, I like the fact that for someone like me who just wants to read the bullet points there was lots of big bold underlined uh, writing that was that was fantastic so thanks to whoever put this together or brennan mckenna as we probably know and, and his team um available reporting largely inconclusive so again what they're saying what we've got is not enough and like dan said one of those points it gets to towards the end of it is they need something set up going forward that's permanent what and how that looks like is is a fascinating conversation in itself because who gets involved how does it run is it within the pentagon is it a separate office you know is it going to be relatively public facing i would i would presume not given what they're going to be dealing with are they going to give Um, us jobs that's that's a big question for me as you've probably seen, Dan designed the logo for the UAP task force <laughs> unofficially, unofficially at the moment. Um, but we, you know what? Do I don't think it'll on have... the inside. That, that's where I was thinking about. Yeah, it'll be like the new TTSA talks, just more than four episodes. <laughs> um, so one of the big lines I liked on page page five: uh, UAP probably lack a single explanation. That's already getting into the, and this is what I liked. It's almost what I expected the conclusion to look like. And I know it's not a huge, huge uh, report, but let's be honest, as, as civilians, what, what use is a 40-page report is, if this is what you were going to get over 40, 50, 60 pages, you're as well getting it in a short, shortened version. Um, the the five potentials, airborne clutter, these objects include birds, balloons, recreational unmanned aerial vehicles, airborne debris like plastic bags, and these can muddle a scene and affect operators' ability to identify true targets. Fair enough. Human error stuff like that does happen we know there are high altitude balloons we know there are flocks of birds all that kind of stuff and you know what unmanned aerial vehicles like drones and whatnot as well um natural atmospheric phenomena ice crystals moisture thermal fluctuations can interfere with some systems again totally yep fair enough U.S. government or industrial industry developmental programs. This is the secret tech, pretty much that is potentially being tested. Yeah. But like they said, we're unable to confirm. However, these systems uh, we are unable to confirm. However, these systems accounted for any of the UAP reports we collected. And I'm not going to say that isn't still a potential, right? I don't. I don't think you can rule out. And I mean, blanket that some of the reports or some of these incidents could still be secret US tech or private industry tech, something like that. Occasionally, I, I wouldn't be shocked if there were at least one or two incidents in the instances of 144 reports where actually it was Bigelow and staff testing out this on behalf of these. That that maybe does happen. You can't not, not say that, but not on mass, not on the scale that people are expecting. Um, then, of course, it leaves the last two for an adversarial technology. Some UAP may be technologies deployed by China, Russia, another nation, or a non-governmental entity. They leave it at that. Because I I thought a great example was Chris Mellon's tweet where that booster rocket has fallen off one of the shuttles and landed in the middle of the road in China. And like Chris Mellon made the point of, one minute we're saying China has this incredible technology 1,000 years in advance of us, and the next minute they've got rockets falling from space landing on the road like in the middle of like built up areas so it's not russia it's not china it's and it's, it's not the certainly US either. puts things in perspective doesn't it absolutely you know you, you've got uh, spacex you know and nasa kind of landing these automated things in a really slick fashion you know on on barges in the middle of the ocean and then you've just got 
things falling out of the sky. I, I, it's, it's not theirs. And, and even just to caveat the the NASA SpaceX stuff, a lot of them still blown up at points as well. So far from infallible, yeah. and, which and we have very, to point out, very like visible explosions as well. You know, it's not not something that they can keep secret. Oh, and can I just make a point, Dan, on that as well? Because this is relevant, I think, to those conversations people have about how realistic the photographs and videos look of of UFOs normally. How fake do the spacex landings look when you watch them on camera they they don't look realistic because of the the, the light lighting from the the boosters underneath they look cgi but they, they're not they do they absolutely do um i'm a big fan of the expanse and on there they put a lot of uh, effort into the physics of it and my brain when i saw those boosters land was wow that looks like something out of the expanse <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it just looks fake. It doesn't look real. And if that was, it makes you wonder about just some, I know there's a lot of, of, of BS videos of UAPs and UFOs. Are there any out there that we look at and go, oh, that's CGI. That's clearly fake. There's probably one or two that actually, if we could really get into the, the analysis of it, aren't, which is, I just find it interesting watching those videos yeah, of I'm, SpaceX stuff well, and I, I agree thinking they look fake. And, and we did have the incident um, last year as well when George Knapp released the Acorn photo. It actually had been put up six months prior and someone had found it just randomly in like a, a reading room at Archive, I think it was. Um, so it happens for sure. It's called out as fake. And then when it gets officially confirmed, that's oh, a balloon. And it's like okay, it just it's just other stages of denial, isn't it? However, onto that last um the last potential is other. And this is what I had hoped for realistically being a, a best case scenario. Although most of the UAP described in our data set probably remain unidentified due to limited data or challenges to collection, processing, or analysis, we may require additional scientific knowledge to successfully collect on, analyze, and characterize some of them. We would group such objects in this category pending scientific advances that allowed us to better understand them. The UAP task force intends to focus additional analysis on the small number of cases where a UAP uh, appear to display unusual flight characteristics or signature management. That pending scientific advances is a pretty interesting couple of words thrown together, isn't it, Dan? It really, really is. Like, like I what said does that, earlier, what does that read like to you? What, what does that read like to you? If I require further scientific advances to study something, it it reads like the technology is just beyond our understanding. In in a nutshell. You know, we that's, we that's quite an incredible claim. It is. It's it's for me. That's the most incredible sentence in it. That that set up. I wouldn't say red flags, but just that scenario. That you know, we're going to put this on a shelf, wait for science to advance, and then we're going to take it back down and attack it again. It it's a big sentence. Like for example, the sort of thing I think that potentially could refer to among so many things is when you have Ryan Graves talk about the gimbal video and that you've got the object flying along, and you had five other objects in a wedge formation flying off what was being filmed. Now, those other objects turned like conventional aircraft. However, he said the gimbal slowed down, stopped, and then changed direction at like a 90-degree angle. That's right. The, the five objects still had a very tight turn, 
but yeah. not crazy unusual for what we're used to seeing. You know, when we see a plane moving, yeah. it turns, it needs a long arc. But once the gimbal video fades out and slows or, or, or pulls away from what we see, it changed direction on like a 90 degree turn bang now if that is included in the classified section what they're trying to say is with that piece of video they they can't really account for that because they don't have anything that can do that they don't have anything that moves like that so that's the kind of stuff they're saying we we need scientific advances to explain why that's even happening or how that happens in the first place this is the sort of stuff where people really have to look at and just just think common sense can apply here in a pretty fantastic way. They're, they're telling us little bits if you just read between the lines, not even between the lines, but they're saying we don't have the signs to explain some of this stuff. Uh, the next big headline straight away, UAP threaten flight safety and possibly national security, one that's going to divide a lot of people straight off the bat. But if this stuff's up there and they don't understand it, same way if we suddenly had pigeons that could fly at 500 miles an hour, that would pose a risk to, to flight safety and potentially national security, depending on what they were hitting. But but it would, because if you don't understand why the pigeons are suddenly doing that, you have to find out why and can we help those poor pigeons. But that's maybe a bad example. But you get well, what it, I'm getting it, at, Dan. It, Yeah, I totally understand what you're getting at. You know, the, it, it specifies that there were 11 reports of documented instances where pilots reported near misses. This is dangerous. We've seen... It in the news near misses with commercial airliners carrying people like we we humanity tends to do this we we react after the problem has occurred and here this is you know they're, they're raising the flag now for us to kind of start doing something about it you know whether we build like with your example a, a 500 mile an hour pigeon detector um whilst we make all the pilots aware of these crazy pigeons that they could knock into them and we'd start tracking them. Um, that's the direction to go. These are real. We shouldn't be arguing over whether this is satisfying or not anymore. You know, these are real things. They're real safety concerns. Whether they're a threat depends on their intent. And something else big needs to happen before we can we can really start to understand their intent. Um, and I'm sure that conversation will come down the road whether contact has been attempted or initiated or anything like that um but dan i am going to read out some thoughts from the if you're on the patreon you get access to the patreon discord server it's only one dollar from there if you wanted to sign up and we'll give you access and it's just a nice place for some of the community to, to chat separately away from other forms of social media now um, I asked some of the, the guys and girls in there for some thoughts on the report l literally minutes ago. Um, and before I come to you for your f final thoughts, Dan, um, I asked them honestly what they thought about it. Um, Oak Tree, unfortunately, the report seems to be inconclusive and tepid enough that people will take away from it what they want to hear. Um, skeptics are going to like seeing portions like these observations could be the result of sensor errors. But we've covered that, Dan. Um, but Oak Tree said they would love to know what the overlap is between the 80 to 144 reports that were, were observed on multiple sensors. Um, and again, those unusual UAP movements or flight characteristics, that's the sort of million-dollar question more of that stuff's going to be in that classified section, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I think that's the kind of stuff we're going to start seeing lawmakers react to when they're cornered by people like TMZ and, you know, all that kind of thing starts happening. They're the ones that are going to stick in their memory. Yeah, Mikey said the positive is it's no longer a taboo subject. There's funding and the military will now report on it. Also, we'll have another drop shortly, potentially. Uh, The snowball keeps rolling and getting bigger. Now, on the further drops, Danny, expecting much over the next few days? I'm not going to lie, I am expecting potentially a Mr. Corbell or a Mr. Nat well, well, to get we, involved? We have one specified, don't we? Jeremy said, uh, Jeremy Corbell said that he was going to drop something pretty much as soon as the report dropped. So, you know, he's a decent guy. He'll give us a half hour to read the report. But um, but I would expect something from his, his neck that would soon. I'm I'm expecting to speak to Jeremy next week or the week after for the podcast as well. So he's a busy guy, but look out for that one. It's a pretty interesting time. And we do have uh, that TMZ documentary uh, with Fox coming next yes. week. And they say they have uh, footage taken by military personnel as well. So yeah. we'll uh, see what they, they have. They have claimed unseen footage. I, I really kind um, of hope that it's the, you know, the, the pyramids from a different angle. Because if we can get a pin sharp image of those uh, that triangle shape, okay, is off the table. And do you know what? If they can show us it's a craft and it is bokeh, then hold hands up and away we go. Absolutely. I, I said from the start, I'm still sceptical on the pyramid thing because the video doesn't show pyramid, but that's taking into account other things that were said and I'll 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 just wait. I'm un- undecided on that footage for the moment. You're, but... you're good juggling the unknown, that's what I like to say. Yes, I, I'm, I'm happy with the I don't see that they would be filming filming a commercial plane flying overhead. Not sure how to focus their lens. <laughs> that just doesn't seem like a good explanation either. If you're going to go with, is it a flying pyramid or incompetence? I'll I'll sit in the middle somewhere just now on that. <laughs> um, but Dan, final thoughts then on the report. We'll let it digest for a few days, and we'll come back with a, a bit more of a kind of rounded rounded thoughts on it as well. And of course, if anything else drops. But final thoughts. Uh, positive, I think. Um, you know, like Sean said, this is a road forward. Uh, the UAPTF specified ways that they could do their job better, which is what we all want them to do, right? Um, one one of the things that stood out to me that we didn't touch on um, was they said they were looking for novel ways to increase their collection of UAP cluster or data from UAP cluster areas uh, when US forces aren't present. Something like that is setting up, you know, a bajillion sky hubs or something like that. Um, I would be excited to see that happen. Shades of uh, the the Pentacle Memorandum, if you remember that, where the Air Force supposedly set up these sensors. Had a, they, they even supposedly staged a few uh, UFO events within those sensors so that they could gauge reaction and kind of see how the public would do. Whether it's true or not, we don't know. But the, the paperwork exists. Um, yeah, I, and, and I like it, the fact. It's a little like that. Yeah, I like the fact they even acknowledged on that that some of the fact they've got so much military content could be bias because they have a array of sensors that Dan out walking the dog or Andy walking the dog at night doesn't have, you know, or a commercial airline doesn't necessarily have when they have these incidents and experiences. It's just you and your word or you and a camera phone. It's You don't have a whole range of equipment we, telling we you something's there before you know and... We should have like community UAP kits, you know, like 
if you see a UAP, smash the glass. There's like a nice little FLIR camera in there, some some infrared stuff. It'll start recording the radar. We could put them on jets and things like that. It'd be great. I do not live in an area where we could have anything that expensive with a <laughs> smash glass to use UAP kit. Maybe that is for a dystopian or, you know, much nicer future down the line. Listen, Dan, thanks for joining me at the late hour. Thank you, everyone, for listening as well and downloading. The breaking news pods are all really popular. Uh, tomorrow, my part two with James Ian Dolly will be available. Ian Dolly, sorry. I, I keep telling him I'm going to get that right. I do that. Will too. be available to download. And uh, Dan and I will be hopefully back this Sunday with some more thoughts to follow up on. Hopefully, some more drops that may or may not happen over the weekend. Um, enjoy the news programs if you're based in the US this evening. Hopefully, there's some coverage on there as well. And I don't doubt you'll see a few familiar faces being uh, interviewed by the mainstream media as well. Dan? Have a good evening. You too. Uh, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep. There's going to be a lot of content to consume now, isn't there? Thank you very much, Andrew. There is. Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. Whether it's finding a signature color or a new statement piece, the right detail can bump your wardrobe up a notch. Kick off this year by letting Indochino take care of your style edit. Customize everything from suits and shirts to chinos and bomber jackets at prices more affordable than you might expect. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted clothing at surprisingly affordable prices. Each piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail, including the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings. Create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part? Indochino suits start from just $449 and shirts from $79 with all customizations included. Get a wardrobe personalized to your taste without spending a fortune. Give yourself a style edit that sets the tone for the rest of the year with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using promo code STYLE at Indochino.com. That's Indochino.com, promo code STYLE. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.